0: Top five—a show where we plunk in our quarters and we play until our thumbs are sore. This is top five,
1: <laughs> and sometimes we go get a video game.
0: Uh, this week we're not doing video games; we're doing top five arcade games. So these are—we did a video games. Oh, I want to say maybe a year ago, um, and that was just all encompassing. So that included your Wii, Matthew's GameCube, the Sony Vio, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, all those those things that we totally used, you guys.
0: Uh, This week, though, is all about the arcade games, meaning those big stand up boxes or table boxes that used to have just the one game on them that you used to put in. 25 to 50 cents, sometimes a dollar if the game was that good. And we're going to look at
1: our. Sometimes you get a Play Choice 10 machine and you could play a choice. I think some
0: bars started doing that, yeah. But most of the time it was just boom. Here's your 25 cents to play my number five, Robocop. Oh man, I love playing this game in uh, eighty (laughs) nine ninety. Yeah. It was a side scroller shooter game. Uh, I mean, the interesting thing is fairly simple by today's standards. Drop Um, it. Punk. Yeah. Yeah. But I played that when I was in college, we had it down in the uh, game room. And uh, one night I was so bored. I was like, you know what? I'm going to complete this game from beginning to end. And I'm not going to stop because it's one of those games where, hey, do you wish to continue? Put in another 25 cents. So I got a roll of quarters, and by the time I hit the end of that roll of quarters, I'd made it through and beat the final boss on RoboCop. And I always thought that was fun. So RoboCop is my number five.
1: I don't know that I ever played that one extensively. It was just one of
0: those things that's like, you know what, I can do this. And so I'm going to do it.
1: Side-scrollers were a big deal in the late 90s or the late 80s, early 90s, but about 10 years earlier. We had my number five. I remember when video games started showing up because the local grocery store had a Space Invaders machine mm-hmm. out front. Yep. Now, we had two grocery stores in town because we were a town of 2,700 people and thus much larger. The other grocery store didn't have a video game place. But what they did have was a comic book rack briefly in the the 80s. So at one point, I walked into the grocery store and I heard – One of the first examples I'd ever heard of synthesized speech, Mm. the voice that talks like this. And as I was walking past to get a copy of Legion of Superheroes, this box in the corner said to me, the Garfian robots challenge you. And I'm like, dude, that I mean, that's like we meet on the field of honor. He practically slapped me across the face. So I had to get some quarters to play Gorf which stands for Galactic Orbiting Robot Force. Or as I like to call it, let's see how many things we can knock off at once. Because Gorf had multiple levels. The first level of Gorf is basically Space Invaders. The second level of Gorf is basically Missile Command. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then at some point you get into a a part of Gorf that's basically Galaxian. And, of course, then there's the trippy, trippy space warp where the enemies fly out of the middle, right? So you're going, and then guys are shooting at you, like moving towards the screen in what uh, the drawing program I watched when I was six used to call Direction Seven. But the thing about it was there were a lot of Space Invaders knockoffs. There were a lot of simple burp, burp, burp kind of games mm-hmm. but Gorf was the first one I ever saw that had multiple levels and I think because of that there were different challenges to the game it was one of the earliest of what I would consider kind of a modern console gaming because you did different things you honed different skills you used the the one button and joystick at different times in different ways so I really loved Gorf and the main reason to love Gorf was the voice that talked to you uh if when you you're were gonna,
0: listeners if you are going to do a, a search for gorf uh, on your internet explorer or whatever uh, search engines that you use make sure your safe search is turned on <laughs> because my do god I'm scrolling I'm like there's a screenshot there's a screenshot there's a screenshot why are these people having an orgy oh there's a gorf machine in the background my
1: <laughs> goodness <laughs> Yeah, and that—that that is exactly how the internet works. There's some guy <laughs> out there who's like, "Hey, there's a Gorf machine behind those naked people." It's and the so weirdest he, thing, and that's the thing that he, he's looking at the pictures of this orgy, and that's the thing that he's—he's he's hooked on. I to.
0: guess, but uh, boy, Safe Search on, ladies and gents. Uh, you know, it's I inter- never
1: use Safe Search. I
0: just—it's it, interesting. Uh, you know, we had a Walmart that kind of evolved over time. At one point, it was. In the early days, it was like half the store was the Walmart, the other half. And there was a divide between it to where there was actually a physical door you had to go through to get into the grocery store side of the Walmart. (laughs) Um, But at one point off in the corner over by the magazine rack where I used to pick up Twilight Zone magazine and found my first book of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They had Donkey Kong and they had um, Mm. they had another one that's on my list. And then when they moved to the big location, when they built a whole big, not a super Walmart, because it was just a plain Walmart, they moved all their video games from inside in a cool place of the store to mm. the foyer area of the store. You know, that area the, between yeah, the, the outdoors and the actual store.
1: <laughs> I don't believe that's called the foyer. I believe that's <laughs> called the where people pee. Uh,
0: it is that is that's that's the mid entry way to the store. The, and that's where the they would and, put all their games. And the, the airlock, if you will. <laughs> this was moving. This was probably, oh, eighty-eight, eighty-nine, 88, 89, spring of 89, definitely. And Walmart had this game that my friend and I, Mike, we would drive 10 miles to go and play this game because it was so fun. You are flying this spaceship, again, side scroller type action, and you're blowing right. the crap out of all of these alien ships and thingies and xenomorph kind of things that are coming at you from all sides. And if you did it right as you were moving along, you were also powering up your ship. So you could, you know, get a double shooter, you could get a front back shooter, you could get a thing that would shoot out a a double uh, helix uh, laser beam and all sorts of things and then you get to the end of the level and you'd blow the crap out of uh this alien queen and right. it was a fun game and any time that we were bored it's like hey you want to go drive to Ottawa and go play R-Type and so we would go and yeah. play R-Type and I love that game so much so that um anytime that I get a new um, you know, we get a new uh, home system, video game system like uh, the PlayStation or the Xbox. I will look online to see if there is if an R-Type a game that's been emulated or ported or something that you can buy from the from their online store because I love that game so much. So R-Type is my number four.
1: Wow. Uh, I used to love R-Type D2 when he'd hang out with C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was a good joke. Which leads perfectly into my number four. Star Wars, the arcade game.
0: Oh yeah. The where Victor you art. start
1: Yeah. Where you start and you're you're basically doing a run on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And even though it's you know a simple line vector, it was really, really well done. And you would, you know, you had a really complex controller that you could point and shoot, but you you were actually turning the steering wheel of your yeah. of your
0: X-Wing. I remember a couple of different versions of that where one was basically your stand-up with the single Mm. joystick and the trigger. Then they had one, I think, out at the mall in Hayes, there was one where we actually sat down in.
1: You sat down in it, yes. And and I know that...
0: It's like you were in the cockpit.
1: Yes, and that was a great one. That game was also heavy as hell. Otter Disaster worked at the arcade in uh, Hayes at one point when we moved it from a different room of the mall to the other. But Yeah. yeah, And it was great because there are different parts of it. You do the Death Star Trench run. You do the main attack. Um, There's a version of it. Which also includes, and this is this is years later, but it also includes the Return of the Jedi video game. Mm-hmm. They did that, but the original one, basically you're piloting your X-Wing and you're pew-pewing and flying through space. And it's basically just red and green lines, but it's really immersive and it was really fast-paced. And because you were going first person and you're flying at the Death Star, just amazing stuff. I played a modern version of the same thing a couple of years ago, and it just wasn't as much fun. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's usually what happens. They had that full render and they had this actually looks like it and you can hear it, but the best part about it was they used little chunks and bits of actual Star Wars dialogue. So when you die, Ben Kenobi says the force will be with you mm-hmm. always. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I remember that. I, I was never very good at it because I couldn't figure out the right way to fly it because it, it seemed mm-hmm. like there's – and this is something that I was thinking about today, you know, like the um, – whatever that little karate game was, kind of as an 8-bit thing. That kind Ninja of Ninja Gaiden? Maybe. I don't remember what it was. Um, but it was always like your hands were too fast for the controllers, and it would mm-hmm. always take a little bit of time for the system to catch up on what you were doing. And so by the time I was trying to swoop under, you know, one of the the – Cross bridges in uh, in Star Wars, I would be and as I was trying to pull up, the machine would react so slow that I was smashing into the bottom of the trench before it would realize that I was telling it to pull up. So I hated that. The other thing I hated was my number three game Mm. was that it was basically a pre-programmed thing where you just had to learn how to hit the button or move the joystick at the right time.
1: Oh, no, but
0: it was so cool because it was fully animated and it was better than asteroids, better than anything you could have seen at the time because you had Don Bluth animation and you uh, played Dirk uh-huh. the Daring going, after, uh, going to rescue the princess in this castle. And, you, and this was all burned onto a laser disc. So basically you were using your joystick and the button to jump to different menu items on your uh, laser disc in order to uh, get to the, to the next scene, whether you successfully did it or not. And literally it was the matter of timing it to the right thing. This uh, Dragon's Lair, came to our county fair for about two weeks one summer. And over the course of two weeks, I played that game 300 times.
1: <laughs> I was getting actually pretty Dude, good Dude, that's at $75. Uh,
0: a little bit more than that because it was a 50-cent game. That's $150. Yes. That's too many dollars. That was too many dollars back then for a teenager, number one, to have, and number two, to blow on a video game. But um, I was addicted to this game. But the problem was you were shoving quarters in so fast because uh, you would like if you didn't get the timing right of the first adventure dead. I mean, you
1: you you would burn yeah. you and then you turn through, into a skeleton. And yeah, yeah.
0: You would burn through about two, two to five dollars easily within five minutes. But it was a game that people were lined up to play because it was because it was something that was so new, so cool and so fantastic
1: that so people incredible.
0: just wanted to see it. Problem is. Uh, like our type where I go out and try to buy the find the game on the new console, Dragon's Lair always pops up as on whatever port the system that you want to find it on. Problem is, I mean, you can even get it on your iPad. It's still using that same stupid glitch technology where it's like you have to hit it at just the right time. So, you know, it's still it's super frustrating even today. And Dragon's Lair 2, don't even get me started on that. I played I think I played like that two or three times with my wife and I was like, you know what? This is, this is frustrating. So goodbye dragon's Lair. but it's still fun enough that I remember it
1: to uh, go on my number three list. Nice. Yeah. My number three is likewise a kind of a quantum leap forward in terms of the animation technology. Because when I first got to college, uh, Steven and I graduated high school, got to college in 1989. Yeah. There was in the student union a Street Fighter machine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you could go pew 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 to Street Fighter, and after I oh, want to say, oh, I want to say after about ten months of Street Fighter, all of a sudden there was another machine, mm-hmm. and this machine looked different, and this machine had like not photorealistic, but at least photos of things, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't trust it; it's not Street Fighter. But then, a couple of years later, in 1993, they made a sequel, Mortal Kombat 2. Mm -hmm. And then I was hooked on the Mortal Kombat franchise, because unlike Street Fighter, which used, you know, sprite technology, this was was actual motion-captured people. Now, granted, they were still animated in a bouncy fashion, and Mm -hmm. they weren't, like, fully rendered, and of course, they... Had a tendency when they'd switch sides, one of them had an artificial arm and he'd switch side, and his artificial arm would go with him Yeah, and would switch sides as he turned directions. But Mortal Kombat 2 basically took everything that I loved about Street Fighter and everything that was neat about the animation of that Mortal Kombat and turned it into – this weird, just psychotic dystopian mess mm-hmm. where different characters would show up and, you know, you my, my go to was always Johnny Cage until I was like, wait, wait, this Raiden guy can fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you, you go through the man. whole thing. Yeah, you go through the whole thing. There are 12 characters to choose from in Mortal Kombat 2, first of all, which is amazing. And you have just all of these weird backstories and bits and pieces of lore that are fed out. And, of course, at certain points in the game, characters would show up. Mm -hmm. So if you did a certain thing at the right time, you could actually fight a hidden character. And people were like, well, what's the secret? What's the secret move set to get up? Up, down, 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 left, right. a B A B. How do you secretly get chameleon? And it, it it was it was fascinating to see people trying to go through this, going, you know, messing with things and trying to figure out the the hidden combinations and everything. It was yeah. really well marketed, well put together. Had like five buttons and a joystick.
0: Mm-hmm. Also so you go high,
1: low, kick, no kick. Yeah,
0: yeah. Also another fifty cent game.
1: Yeah, it may have been seventy five cents by the time of Mortal Kombat Two. I don't remember. Maybe.
0: I, I just remember playing. But one I remember the airport. And almost missing my flight because I was too busy trying to <laughs> beat uh, Sub-Zero.
1: Sometimes when Otter was uh, managing the, the arcade, we would hang around after hours and just play for 35, 40 minutes uninterrupted by, by you know noobs and, and mean guys and jerks. Because we called was, them hats because they all uh, wore hats.
0: Were you using the uh, manager discount?
1: Well, I mean, I'm not saying we were or we weren't. I'm just saying we would hang around and play the game. It wasn't the the being there after hours part. It was the not having a line to get to the MK2 that was important.
0: I thought maybe uh, I figured Otter probably just, hey, let's open up the box and let's test this thing out for the next three
1: hours. (laughs) I believe he did get a certain. He got a certain number of credits during each shift that he could use. Oh, okay. But those were also the same ones where if someone needed a replay or if someone, you know, had a problem or if a game broke, those were the, the credits that he would give out to people.
0: Mm, so bizarre. he couldn't
1: just use them all for himself, you know. But he could if he wanted to. Well, he could. But Sorry, I kid. a douche. <laughs> Otter's not a douche.
0: No, he most certainly he's not. He's very spider spiders, but not a, not, a, not one of those bad guys. Uh, speaking you know. of uh, of uh, bad guys. My number two had said five bad guys four bad guys, but it was, uh, it was one where, and again, this is the only video game I've ever seen my dad get excited about. I remember, uh, at the height of Pac-Man fever, uh, we went into a mall and there was a line of people waiting to play (laughs) Pac-Man and my dad was like, Hey, let's stand in line and let's play Pac-Man. And he gave all of us a quarter is just at the time, I think my sister was too young to play. But as me, my dad and my mom, now my sister would have probably been about four or five. She probably could have fudged around for a minute. Um, (laughs) And and he just loved playing the Pac-Man game. And I've talked before about how Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man You can kind of put these two together in the same uh, category, even though they were different levels and stuff. But it's one that I will still play today if I see it uh, like at a laundromat, if I'm going to go do laundry and there it is sitting in the corner. It's one that will always get money from me because I know that Pac-Man is just that good.
1: Yep. There's a Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man combo mm-hmm. machine at our laundromat where you can play any one of the three. I remember the first time I ever played Super Pac-Man. Yeah, that one's weird. That one has a in weird size kind of and... giant unlock mode. And the first time I played that, it freaked me out and I didn't see it coming. I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And I still remember it being a transformative experience of my 12-year-old life. Yeah,
0: we've got the we've got a home console unit, arcade system.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and, um, I will sit down and turn it on and play Pac-Man on that all the time. It's got Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, centipede. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: all, you know, basically all your classic arcade games, dig dug is on there and all, and I basically got it because I wanted to play Pac-Man. So actually yeah. my wife bought it for me. because uh, right. she's I cool. Don't-
1: I can't play Pac-Man on any system that doesn't physically have a joystick.
0: Yeah, this one has a joystick. This is like a okay. – it's a, it's, a, it's a cabinet, but it's, it's the sit-down cocktail arcade cabinet.
1: Oh, those are cool. I like yeah, this yeah, better.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't like it because the light hits, it, hits the screen wrong. That's the only problem I have with it. <laughs> I, I'd need rather to a have a stand-up, yeah. Well, that's a you cocktail, like a one, so, yeah. Anyway, that's my number two, Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Or Miss Pac-Man but not Pac-Man Jr. or Super Pac-Man.
1: Every time you do this, though, we end up on the other side of the decade because once again, now that you're at the beginning of the 80s, I'm at the end. One of the other things, and this is another example of what Stephen referred to was the the side scroller. Um, The local pizza joint, when Mm -hmm. I went to Hayes, had the most incredible game ever because we had previously played, not on my list, but a game called Gauntlet. Yeah, where there you have multiple players doing multiple things. This mm-hmm. was that same sort of take, except you weren't playing wizard who needed food badly. You were playing Raphael and Donatello yeah. and Michelangelo and uh, Hercules. Yeah, the teenage turtle ninja muttles.
0: Yeah, this almost made my list.
1: It it made mine because it was a great combination experience. If you had three friends to play. And even if you didn't, you could make friends playing this game. Oh, I remember sure. Otter and uh, a guy named Polly and I used to go and we need we need a fourth guy. And there would always be, you know, a bunch of jerks jumping in and being that fourth guy. But those jerks always had to play Donatello because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to play Donatello.
0: Yeah. And Actually, I, I
1: always got to be Raphael. At,
0: at the same time, they had this game um, at the pizza place. They also had it at our dorm. And so Ooh. right next to the RoboCop game. Was the TMNT game, and See, so your
1: dorm was over there. I didn't go over yeah, there. Yeah, ours is the men's dorm. Yeah, um, your dorm almost looked like a prison.
0: Yeah, it basically was. But they had uh, <laughs> RoboCop and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so it couldn't have been that bad. Especially when you get to go Kawabunga, Kawabunga, and Kawabunga. jump on you, hit somebody with your skateboard, and then at the end of the level, April O'Neil comes in.
1: Yeah, and the best part was you could. Pick up an enemy and throw them at other Mm -hmm. enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was wonderful. And of course, each of the turtles had their weapon. And each weapon had slight programming differences. I mean, it's basically you hit them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But you had slight differences in terms of the range and the damage. And it was really interesting where each one had a special attack. Mm -hmm. Because I would play Raph and I would do this weird kind of bowling kick and just, you know, like a, a, a chop block to the legs and knock the guys down. But it was a very difficult game at certain points. And so you would need all four guys or else you just weren't going to get through the foot soldiers. And I, I really enjoyed playing that game with a bunch of other people, mostly because, you know, if anybody got in my way, I'd just shoulder check them. And it'd be I, fun. Thought,
0: uh, I thought that game, if you if you didn't have a full set of paid people, that it would have an automated version of the Turtles uh, come Maybe, out and play yeah. with you. I'm trying to remember because I seem to remember all the time. The other three were there, but they were always taken out very quickly. Right. And then would bounce back in, you know, as you finished one screen and got into the next one.
1: It could be. You see, at the same time, there was an X-Men video game that had damn near the same programming. Yeah. yeah. And I may be conflating them in my well, head.
0: I actually that um, X-Men game I almost bought three years ago because um a candy slash arcade store downtown was going out of business. And the guy was trying to unload all of his arcade games. And it was like, there wasn't really anything that I was super interested in, but the X-Men game was there. And I was like, this is probably the one that I would be most interested in. But he was really (laughs) for a place going out of business. He sure didn't want a deal. He was like, Nope, it's flat $800 and that's it. I'm like, Nope, sorry, I'll give you four fifty for it. And he was like, Nope, sorry. And I was going to give him two weeks to think about it. And then, uh, Store just closed up mysteriously. I mean, everything disappeared. because In the dead of no, night. No, literally in the dead of night. I think he just ended up hauling them off. Threw to, it on the back of a truck. Threw it on the back of a truck and just drove off with it. So,
1: Or a horse trailer. In yeah. This Western.
0: Uh, you did mention um, Elf Needs Food Badly. My number yeah. one is Gauntlet because this was a game that I didn't get to play very much when it was originally out because the only place you could play it was the White Lakes Mall in uh, Topeka. And uh-huh. so if we were coming back from state cross country meet, or if I was up there with my friend, we would always go down to the, um, uh, be Dalton first and then <laughs> grab an orange Julius at, at right next to the piano Wait. store, the, I'm sorry, the organ store. And then we would go to the arcade and we would play gauntlet. And the cool thing about gauntlet <laughs> was it was, it's the first game I ever remember where it was a cooperative uh, video yep. game, whereas instead of like street fighter or, uh, Kickman or whatever it was where you were actively fighting the other guy, this is one where you and three of your friends team up to take on the classic dungeons and dragons, uh, characters, uh, and you would go into this dungeon. And as long as you could keep feeding quarters into it, you could continue on and you would just go and kill ghosts and monsters and all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. The original gauntlet is still my favorite, even though if you look at it, it, the graphics are really horrible. Uh, by today's yeah. standards. Um, great though? And I think the one that is most actively sold on eBay, because I keep watching this every couple of months, I'll get a itch to just go see what the prices are. Most of the time you're getting a Gauntlet 2 game, which has right. the better graphics. Uh, again, this is one that if it's uh, when I get a console system at home, a home system, uh, I will go looking for Gauntlet. And when, I, when we first got our first Xbox uh, 360, Uh, 10 years ago, plus years ago, 15 years ago. I remember getting Gauntlet on that system. And then on the PS4, there's a really great version of Gauntlet that you guys should really check out. But I still, all the time, remember walking down the the White Lakes Mall and hearing, you know, Elf needs fruit badly. And then just going, oh man.
1: It's about to die.
0: Oh man, let's go get some meat and some water and shoot those arrows through the little slits at the little 8-bit ghosts. It was a cool game. It was really neat to think of cooperative gaming in that way and so gauntlet is my number one arcade game of all time
1: and the best part about that game is that literally death would attack you oh yeah yeah and you would have to fight death and i'm like wow yeah this is like it was like a fellini movie it was
0: weird yeah you didn't have to play chess though you just had to shoot it a million times
1: well my game is jarts so you know
0: yeah i heard death i hear death is horrible at jarts death is horrible stuck in his eye horrible
1: jerk. <laughs> death. so remember kids if you ever have to play death don't choose chess choose charts uh or you could choose my number one another game which came out the year that i graduated high school 1989 remember kids before you were born And it is a fascinating game, not only from a gameplay perspective, but from a console design perspective. A lot of times when you would play these games, especially the sit-down games, like a racing game, the console would be designed to look like a car, or sometimes you get lucky and you play a motorcycle game where you actually sat on a physical motorcycle.
0: Mm, Yeah, oh yeah, 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 okay.
1: This game was actually designed where the console seat yeah. was the vehicle you were driving in the game stun runner yeah yeah so you would sit down and it was this big sleek red rocket ship thing and you would sit down and you had your control unit which was mm-hmm. basically a, a big steering wheel and you could drive left and right and yep. up and down and all the time.
0: you'd lean left and right
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah and the thing about stun runner is you can be in this game you're driving through these tunnels mm-hmm. and of course as you drive and you move you're actually on the ship that you're seeing on the screen it's yeah. really immersive really kind of cool you know and it's basically just the old just that graphics with the lines and the squares and the things but stun runner also had these weird moments where you'd hit like an accelerator patch and you go 900 miles an hour for no real apparent reason and you had to shoot things and dive and run and tw- and i played it on home systems and it's just yeah, it's never not the, the same. same yeah you have to have the console you have to sit down on the big red bike and i saw one of these a few years ago in the local pizza joint widget and i actually saw this and she was a tiny tiny baby maybe 4 years old but we sat and we we were going to play the stun runner and it turns out that the left side guns were broken oh no and it was the most horrifying experience of my life because stun runner is one of those great video game console experiences. It's right up there Mm -hmm. at the very top. I almost went with Asteroids, but I'm like, first of all, we've talked a lot about Asteroids, and I almost feel like Asteroids transcends the genre. Pretty much. And plus...
0: It's not very eh. fun. I mean, it's... I don't know.
1: Uh, I I never really liked
0: Asteroids because... You know, the asteroids would cross over one another, and it's like, they really should be blowing each other uh, up. <laughs> no, this one is, is passing fun. in
1: front of the other. It's a three-dimensional game, Stephen. God. Yeah,
0: except that all I had to do God. was turn and rotate one way and shoot at it. And well, it would hit you both weren't of in them, three dimensions. Even though that they were in uh, 2D space. You know, another game that's <laughs> that uh, was in my also-rans, that's one that's best experienced in the actual sit-down version, is mm-hmm. Cruisin' USA.
1: Yes. That
0: was a fun game because not only do you have the um, accelerator – but you mm-hmm. also have shift controls so that you can shift into the different gears as you're racing yep. down the streets yep. of whatever city, trying to beat the times and trying to get first place. All the while, you get to tune into the radio station what music you want to hear while uh-huh. you're driving in the race. That was a, <laughs> that was to, another one that was a lot of fun. And you get choose your
1: vehicle and you, got, you have a list of colors. Yep. Uh, For a long point, time. At one point, I was driving what looked like a 57 Thunderbird with an alien behind the wheel because I love that.
0: It, it's interesting about our top fives because – uh just depending on the time period, that would be the game that I would be most interested in. Uh, Cruising USA would have been on there, but it doesn't have as fond memories because it's one that I would play sporadically over the course of, you know, five right. or 10 years or something like that. But it was always fun, and they were always coming out with new versions of that. Do you have another um, also, Ran?
1: Uh, there's actually quite a few of them. I, I, I used to love Robotron 2084. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you would fire in all four directions. I mean, there was a time what's in the, the one 80s that's when... like,
0: what's the one that was, uh, you're shooting down the center and you were moving around the outside. Oh, there's a couple of those. It was th- like, uh, you were going to each Quicks planet or Tempest. Maybe. Oh, Tempest. That's what it was.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I actually have for the PS, uh, two, a collection of games that has Centipede, which mm-hmm. I never cared for. I love Centipede, but Centipede, Asteroids, Pac-Man, it has all of the games I didn't care for centipede, but I really liked millipede, mm. and nobody ever has heard of millipede. It's like yeah, it moved I made faster. it up.
0: No, it moved a lot faster was was on that one. I loved centipede, and I think I, I got into it because, number one, it had the rollerball, ball, and mm. I, it was the one that was the first time that I actually, I think one of my very first- arcade experiences because I was at a pizza restaurant with my family and then my uncle was there and he's like, here, here's a quarter, go play centipede. And he kept giving me quarters to play centipede. And so I was like, okay. And so I just played centipede. So it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Was it, was it the, the showbiz pizza in Salina?
0: No, this was in Kansas city.
1: Showbiz pizza was interesting because you would go in there and the, the creepy people would have the animatronic donkeys and things. But you also in those places, they had a game and I never saw it anywhere else where you were basically sitting down. And it was like, um, what was the programming language where you had like a little turtle or a little triangle thing that they purported? Oh, yeah, was? A I turtle.
0: know, I know which one you're talking about. I don't know.
1: And it's a console it. where you could actually draw pictures yeah. in that, that logo language. And I always liked that. And you never saw it anywhere else. I think it was called logo, wasn't it? it Might've been. In fact, that does sound correct, but. It was one of those games where I really, really enjoyed playing it because there weren't any real rules and it was just kind of a do what you want thing, which I thought was wonderful. But then it was also something where I don't know that that would have been ridiculously popular over the long period of time. So, yeah. Yep.
0: All right, listeners, there you go. Our top five arcade games of all time. Of course, the list will probably change in five years, something like that. They still make arcade games, I'm sure they do. Uh, but they here's do. where you have to uh, come in and help us out. Head over to Majorspoilers.com. In the comments section, share your top five arcade games. Some of you have been doing a really bang-up job going into the comments section and just writing to your heart's content. I don't think we have a character limit. I bet we do have a character limit. I think it's it's like,
1: 10,000 <laughs> characters. It's
0: probably something like that. I, I know I do have a limit set on it. But uh, I do, en- re- uh, do enjoy reading your long... Uh, Posts that not only list your top five, but tell us why those are on your top five list because that's the most important part of top five. Because as we know, everybody loves a list, and we will talk with you next time. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.